Welcome back to Off the Dope and Out the Crazy House with Anthony Ray. You are now listening to Anthony Ray. Um, I want to say thank you to each and every one of y'all who's listening, the few of you that there are, and to all my future listeners, thank you for joining me too. As always, I, I'm just glad to be here. I just want to check in with y'all because I'm about to go handle a few things and I just want to give you something to kind of hold on to. You know, for the last part of this weekend. So, I was, um, well, let me go drop this first so I can do it now. So, I won't do it at the end. Remember that I hope you're staying physically fit in some kind of way. That doesn't mean you got to overdo it. I can overdo it sometimes. I was working out five times a day. I went down to four as a way to help my body recover. Um, I was starting to get some aches and pains. So, you can even overdo, you can overdo anything, obviously. So even in the good addiction, just be careful and do what you can handle and do what's actually giving you progress. So don't just stop at what you can handle. Stop at what what is getting stop after you gain progress. That's the real actual goal is to gain progress. So also make sure that you you know taking care of your your your, your oral hygiene and that you're treating other people with respect, kindness, and courtesy. And I hope you're getting together a plan too for your life. Because what we're going to talk about today is along those lines. And as always, I want to tell you that it's weird when you get on the microphone or you get, you know, behind the camera. I've noticed this in YouTube videos and other videos. The way that we talk comes across as slightly like condescending. That's a strong term, though. But it's sort of like as an expert, you know, and I'm sure there's a name for it, maybe scientifically or, you know, psychologically or whatever it might be professionally. But it's like when you get behind the mic, you start to speak in a way you speak in a tone that's different from a tone that you would normally speak to somebody. So it's kind of like from a perspective of a teacher is the way it starts to come across. And I hope that doesn't bother anyone, but I do notice it. But it's not from a a condescending place. It's from a place of let me give you some game. Let me let me let me share with you. Because I know what I'm saying is true. And I know I'm hard on, you know, people that, you know, smoke weed. And that's only because it's not because you smoke weed. Just like. Just because you do drugs, I'm not looking down on anybody. I've done it all, you know. I've done those things. Well, not at all, but I've done those things. And so I'm not looking down. I'm I'm I mess with you know people that smoke weed. It's because they refuse to admit the fact that they're they're just like us. And so I I um, I just give them a hard time. You know I've. I'm one of those people that I can respect the fact that people want to do what they want to do. Like there's power and there's there's power in fuck it. You know, there's uh I have I have some level of respect for people that can say fuck it and do what they want to do. Even if they know that the consequences aren't the best, um that the turnout might not be what they want. It's it's I have a certain level of respect for that because there's freedom in fuck it. With that being said, though, as much as I respect that, there is also a level of foolishness in it too. 
So I just be, I just want to remind people of that. So um, it's not that I'm against any of that stuff, especially when it comes to weed. As I've said, uh, the CBD portion, I don't I don't see the problem in it. You know, if it's helping people, it's helping people. That's the medicinal purpose of it, um, especially if it's helping you with anxiety and things like this. Um, but with that said, I also want to make sure that everybody out here is. You know, looking towards the future because that's really what this is all about. It's about having a future. The reason why I quit doing drugs is because I wanted to have a future. And even though, you know, the finish line is somewhere invisible to me, I can't necessarily see it from here where I'm at yet. I'm starting to get a better view, a better picture of what it looks like. And that makes me kind of happy. So today what I want to talk about is along those lines. And I want to talk about bouncing back. Now hopefully this doesn't take as long as I normally do. But I always say that and then, you know, we end up there. So just please, uh, you know, peep game and enjoy. So... Now, you you all know that when this whole podcast began, I, I told you that I was a 37-year-old who ended up back at home. And not really back at home, but, you know, with family and lost everything. To me, that didn't, that's a sad thought. It is. It's a sad thought. But it's not as sad to me as maybe to some others because some people have never bounced back from it. I've bounced back several times. And it's really time to stop. So I want to share with you kind of what bouncing back entails. And maybe some tips on how you can bounce back yourself. Because I know that drugs take. They take. And they take And what they leave behind Is barren land It's 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 It strips you of everything at some point See people can say what they want And how they feel about You know the importance of drugs In some areas of their life Because it makes them better in some kind of way But as always It's, it's, a, it's a false peak It's not true It's 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 doing the opposite as i've always said on here so it's important to know how to bounce back because if you keep doing drugs you're gonna lose almost everything you know and that and and as i've said before that doesn't just go for the guy that's doing harder drugs like methamphetamines crack or heroin um in some cases it actually does go towards guys who are doing something like weed that is less, uh, you know, less a, a softer drug because it stays in your system longer. And I can tell you right now that I've even worked with people who gotta smoke it throughout the day. You can smell it on them, so it's it's an easier thing to get caught doing because you don't have to um, link the uh, the visible signs of this person's use to their actual use and try to connect them by seeing them do it you can smell it on them 
you can you can catch it in their blood for longer periods of time so those of you out there who are smoking weed i mean if, if that's what helps you then whatever you know but i'm just saying that if you believe that weed use cannot affect your life in a negative way as in you can lose your job you can lose you know money behind it then believe what you want believe what you want so I know that in some places it is legal. So for you, those places, I'm not, I know you can't lose your job. So let it fly if it don't apply. But I just want to chop it up and let you know that I know the effects of it is, it can be detrimental to your life and finances. So right now I am, it's almost been a year or it has been a year, somewhere around, no, no, it's, it's, going on a year since I've gotten out of that mental institution since I since I jumped out the crazy house and landed my feet into the real world and honestly for a while now it's been been months already and I've, I've been able to feed myself to clothe myself and I am on my way to being able to cover my own head. That's actually what I'm looking to do now. And, you know, that's kind of like the starter kit. You know, you know, you need a, you need a phone. You know, you need, you need, you need a way to get to your money and you need money to get to. And all of these things are legal things. So I knew I needed a starter kit. So, of course, I jumped out the door and the first thing I tried to do was find a way to uh, secure a phone. I needed a, you know, or to secure funds for a phone because I couldn't do without it. And so, especially these days, you know, you're going to need one. So I know this seems like childish, but it's true. When you first get out, the first thing you're going to need is a phone because these or a computer, you know, you're going to need these things. You really need both. And if you can't, you know, you're going to have to find a way to get family or friends to allow you to use their phone number when you're filling out these applications. And so the first thing I did when I got out was I actually connected on Indeed.com. Now, a lot of people don't have faith in these job sites. But I'm telling you, I've gotten jobs on Indeed with quite a bit of ease. And I still get job offers right now. Um, I'm just waiting to see if I can get one that is going to be a step above what I'm already doing. So the good thing about this is that when you're trying to bounce back, it was a little bit different back in the day than it is now because your reach wasn't as far. And jobs didn't hire the same way that they hire now, especially for jobs for people who have had long amounts of space between the job they have now and the job that they had then. So for some of us who drugs have taken us into jail or mental institutions or have just caused us to have a long lapse between jobs, it's a good thing that indeed in these type of jobs around zip recruiter and these kind of things are around because they allow us to get in contact with staffing agencies and for staffing agencies to see us and i do not like the process i think that it's uh, even though i praise the fact that we are, are 
have the ability to find work easier on these jobs like indeed.com the whole industry itself can be frustrating because i'm not gonna lie to you because you still have to do resumes and i was lucky because i already kind of had a piece of a resume up there and all i had to do was kind of you know mess with it and tweak it and alter it and edit it and update it and i was able to you know get back in the game for those of you who haven't started this will be the heaviest part of the process is getting a resume together now you can find somebody to help you with your resume online all you gotta do is you know google it you know resume helper or go to craigslist and maybe somebody might be on there um but you should be able to find the craigslist ads maybe possibly through you know googling it and through your search engine but you can go straight there if you need but there's probably apps and stuff that help too there's an app for almost everything so the number one thing is this this resume right now and resumes bother me because you got to keep doing them and doing them again and every time you it's, it's something that you got to keep up for the rest of your life and i think that resumes are not really useful because anybody with any common sense would know that you're going to try to make your resume look as if you're better than you are so a great resume doesn't necessarily equate to a great worker and that's the part of me the part that doesn't make sense it's great to have a list of jobs and where you've been but nine times out of ten these places aren't even checking into all of this stuff they just want to see it but this is the great part about indeed.com who is not sponsoring me but they should the, the great part about indeed.com is that you have the ability to take tests on there so here's a little secret or a gym i think it's a gym and the 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 secret about indeed.com that you should check out is the fact that you can take these small tests and these tests that you take on there which all are about you know somewhere between they could be as short as you know you know seven eight minutes all the way up to you know maybe a 15 minute 20 minute test um and 20 might be a stretch but some of these tests are short and some are long long story short and when you take these tests they are tests over everything from uh how you communicate how you answer the phone they test you on how would you do if you were driving a delivery truck how would you what would you do if you were marketing they're test over everything that you can imagine and they rank you from you know non not having any knowledge you know from being familiar with something to being proficient with it to being highly proficient to being an expert at this at this task and they'll in those rankings they'll actually add if you if you say you want them to add it and you pass it they give you the option to put that on the end of your resume so it shows the 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 future employer that you can actually do the task or that you're familiar with the task at least or that you're proficient in the task even if that task that skill set is what it is even if that skill set is not part of your resume blatantly so just because i don't have uh a lot of sales skills on my resume in my resume a lot of sales jobs i can have a lot of highly proficient sales test for those skills that go well and 
when you do what I did was when I got out and this is how I think I got a job pretty quickly. I just started taking all of those tests. I, I updated my resume on my own. You know, the dates and stuff. I made sure there were no spelling errors and stuff like that. And I just started taking all of those tests. Any of them I could take. Any of them that I thought I could pass with a pretty, you know, good amount of, you know, knowledge. Because I've, I'm, like I said, I'm, I'm now I'm 38. So I have a pretty good understanding of things. So even the things that I didn't think I might, you know, I was like, you know what, I'm gonna go ahead and take these tests. And I took the test. If you don't do well on the test, then you don't have to post it up. So if you fail the test, it just doesn't go on the end of your resume. They can't never see it. If you do something, you know, that's decent, like it'll say you're familiar with the skill set, then you still have the opportunity to put it up, but you don't have to if you don't want to. To me, I didn't see any harm in it. So at the bottom of my resume right now, it is a long list because I took as many. I still have a few tests to go and I'm going to take all of them. But it's a long list of skills and soft skills that that are now a part of my resume, which makes my resume, even though it's not um, it's it, it doesn't shine well on me right now because I have two years of missing time there. It actually shows that I actually do have a lot of knowledge in a lot of different areas, which helped me get this job. So what happens is when they start looking in keywords and all that to, to look up the resumes they're looking for, I'll get I'll get sent jobs that I really don't qualify for. But I also am offered jobs that are jobs that I can get right away, like through a temp agency. So the temp agencies began to hit me up. They still hit me up for so the one thing to realize, though, with all that said, is that once you get these job offers, when you do this stuff, you're going to get job offers for things that are not great jobs. So some of you might have back in the day been a manager of this or that, or you might have been, you know, a higher level person, you know, before the drug addiction kicked in and took you all the way down. The good thing to remember is this, that when you start over, you start over. When you start over, for real, you start over. You have to be okay with that. And I'm telling you right now, you got to be okay with it because it's the reality. You started over. But the upside of that is that you get to start over. So a blank slate can be devastating or a blank slate can feel refreshing. It's kind of like that Etch-A-Sketch, you know? It's like, you spend all your time trying to work it and you drop it. And that can be devastating. But it can also be refreshing because you can start anew. Like, all right, I can do something else now. I'm not stuck in what I was stuck in. For me, it has been somewhat of a challenge because some of the jobs I've got on there, I'm not going to lie, they were rough, man. Tough. I'm talking about jobs where when you wake up in the morning, you look up and you're like, I don't know, man. I don't know. And you still go on the way to work. You're not excited. Nothing is you're you're revving up like you're preparing for a game or something. I've had jobs like that and jobs where the managers are horrible. 
This place is a revolving door of bullshit. And it can be like that at first, but it gets better over time. It's kind of like initiation in a way, back into the real world. You're probably going to have to take a job or two that you're not going to like. A job or two that is just to get the money in your hand. The job that's going to get you the phone. The job that's going to get you your first pair of shoes. The job that's going to, you know, buy you an outfit that you haven't had in a long time. So these are some of the things that I had to go through. You know, um, I was actually working at a place where they uh, they make those concrete stands that your air conditioner sits on. We were making those by the bundle. I mean, it was just a, a, a constant dirty job. And it's probably one of the worst jobs I've ever had to work. Not only that, but it was far away. So I'm driving far away to be miserable. But in the end, it was actually, it paid pretty well. It's just I was dealing with a really horrible boss, um, which I don't like to use the word, but you know the term from the movie, so I figured I'd use it. But my supervision at that job was, they were horrible. Bad attitude. They knew that people that worked there needed the job. And they were hell bent on making sure that you knew your place and that you were there to work constantly. So I ended up being able to leave that job. Um, thanks to my, you know, the family that I'm staying with right now, they were like, I understand where you work. If you need to leave, just leave. And, you know, we'll work with you until you get your next job. And being that I was on Indeed, it didn't take long. Um, another temp agency called. So the great part about it is that these temp agencies, most of these jobs that are hiring for, you know, warehouse and labor work and stuff like this are hiring through temp agencies and temp agencies are always scanning these websites in order to find help. So there's a high chance that you'll be able to get a job if you just do those few things I just said. And to just remember that you're starting over. Before I even I, I've actually skipped one step I want to remind you something That is Important This is hella important to know when you're bouncing back Alright When people get down In life They tend to actually do the opposite Of what they should do when they down And what do I mean by that When most people f Hit rock bottom or, they, or they're going towards the bottom, they're falling, or they're down. This is what most people do. They start to grab people <laughs> on the way down in order to make them fall too, or they just don't care about other people. So they start to treat the world as harshly as they feel like they're being treated. So they spread their misfortune. On purpose Because they stop caring They're like you know what Since I'm going down Oh the world want to treat me cold Bet I'm going to be the same way To everybody else I don't care about nobody If I need to rob you I'm going to rob you If I need to steal from you I'm going to steal from you If I need to take what you got I'm going to take what you got The world took from me Ain't nobody Ain't nobody give me nothing You know it's this thought process That we have that if we go through something, everybody need to go through it. You know, it's the 
it's the I had to walk to school uphill both ways. So you need to walk to school both hill up ways, even though I, you know, bought a house so <laughs> and did all this stuff so that life would be easier. I want it to be just as hard on you as it is on me. This is the wrong approach when you're down. And I know this for a fact. So the people that start doing, you know, crimes and all this stuff when they're down are actually in most instances, except for the worst case scenarios. And I mean the super worst case scenarios. These are people that don't want to actually suffer. They don't actually want to have to go through anything. So what they're doing is they're taking the easier route and they're they're using the excuse of not having as a way to uh validate the things that they're doing that are wrong so i don't want to have to like go a little bit of time of of not having the things i want so i'm gonna take yours and it's okay because you got you out enough you know what i'm saying now this this is this is it would seem like it makes sense for you to hit rock bottom and that's the time where you should be allowed the chance to break a few rules and do a few do a few dirts and you know lose a few morals because you need to survive and in the name of survival we tend to do some really messed up stuff man and it's actually the opposite of what works i'm just telling you right now it actually digs a deeper hole you think you're gonna come up by doing that Think about all the people you've ever seen who did the, these foul things when they got low. Where do they end up? Where do they end up? Exactly. They end up in jail. They end up dead. You know, they end up even more broke. You like you ain't you still like like that still won't come up. It's, it's harder for a person to come up doing these things. They don't understand it though. Because they refuse to just take a bit of time Because sometimes I truly believe this What's happening when you fall down Is You're being forced to sit down Sit down man It's like you're being forced To, to, to jump up out of the, the, the stuff That you put yourself in You're being forced to take stock And inventory It's actually a really crystal clear place to be Because you can actually see Exactly where you are And where you're not when you're all the way at the bottom Everything becomes clear You're like wow I'm here When you're when you're in that drug world I remember it being such a blur Like even though I wasn't in a great place When I was doing drugs I mean really bad situations Like I'm not in, I'm not in a good place at all During those times It, it didn't I was high so it seemed okay it was all just a blur It was not a place of clarity I didn't even realize how bad I had, had gotten I didn't know But when you hit rock bottom And you're sober minded Or you're knocked into a You know a, a mindset of sobriety You realize where you're at And you can see it crystal clear that's where I believe is kind of what I think is called the suicidal low. A lot of people kill themselves at that point, I think. And that is not the answer. The answer is not to kill yourself at that point. The answer is to come to a... It, the That feeling is meant to give you deep realization. It's meant to really give you a sense of self. A sense of situation. 
a sense of focus and clarity that you hadn't been privy to while you were, you know, getting high out of your mind, out of your time, out of your focus. So now you can see it. And when you fall, the proper way to fall, the proper way to hit your rock bottom is to do better. This is the time when you should start being nicer. This is the time when you should try to start mending your ways. This is the time when you get to take a time out. This is the time when you shouldn't be running around. You should probably be starting to formulate some type of a plan in your head and you should be reminiscing on and, and, and trying to find clarity in anything that you did in the past that wasn't the right way to go about it. You should be trying to figure out how you got there. And you shouldn't be placing this blame on as few other people as you can. Try to focus that blame and the reasoning, not just the blame, because some people that's just too much. But if you can't focus that blame on yourself because you just don't have the strength to just yet, try to find out the reasoning for the blame. Like, just place the reasoning, your reasoning for why you're there. Try to make sure that you focus most of that attention on what you did. And it helps to heal because it helps you to put everything in perspective. And, and, and I know that the first thing you're not The first thing you're going to do It might not be that Because it wasn't that way for me At first like I had to wallow in a little bit of misery Um, I didn't have to But I did And I uh, I was in a state of shock for a while But I think It helped me That I had actually went through the mental institution Because I did most of that in there and while I was in there, I had to maintain, you know, in jail in the mental institution, I had to maintain my pride. So I didn't have a lot of time to sulk. I had to maintain a outward level of pride and self. And I had to um be confident that I was going to get out of that situation because I wasn't sure when or, or how. So I, I began to pick myself up during those times. And believe it or not, this is actually the perfect time to start your workout regimen. It's perfect because you're going to need somewhere to put your mind when you're down at the bottom. You need a way to change the chemical composition of your mind and you need a way to biohack yourself. And fitness is a, a perfect way to do that. It also helps you to, you know, to have a sort of meditation without meditation. To me, that's kind of what working out is. The time flies by and the body feels good. That's what meditation is doing. Um, and that's what fitness does. You know, when done, you know, to a certain extent. So these are things that you can do when you hit bottom. But make sure that you don't start acting more foolish as you fall. If you see yourself falling... It, it seems counterintuitive, but it, it's, it's actually um, the best thing to do is to act nicer than you've ever been, to be kinder than you've ever been, to be more moralistic than you've been. These things will counteract because your reason for falling is probably the opposite. 
So you can't do more of the, the same and get better results. See what I'm saying? You're going to dig a deeper hole because that's the hole you were digging anyway was based in not being kind, probably not being more realistic, probably not caring about others, probably doing you, not thinking about anything else. That's what dug the hole. So the only thing that will do is dig deeper. You're using the same shovel. You're using the same tool. You got to change tools. Okay? You got to change tools. All right? So, um, it's going to seem like it makes no sense. It's just like when I, I, I used to be a power lineman for a little bit, right? So, I was a power line. I, I take that back. I was a power line men's apprentice. I'm sure they would take offense if I said I was a power lineman, even though I actually did make it through the course. So, I actually was a power lineman for a little bit. But, in this case, I was still an apprentice in my mind because I hadn't gained that that level of uh, expertise, understanding or time to, you know, gain that expertise. So something strange happens when you're, you know, climbing one of those, uh, those, you know, those, 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 they say not to call it a pole, but you, when you're climbing a power line, um, and I was using gaffs, which are like, they're like spikes that stick on the bottom of your shoes. And the way you climb the pole is that you use these spikes in the bottom of your shoes along with this belt that is wrapped around the pole. And you, you, you shimmy up the top as you stick your spikes. You kind of walk up with your spikes up the side of the pole with your spikes. And the belt goes around you. And it's around the pole. And you, you you sort of you pull the belt up above you and then you walk up to the belt then you pull the belt up above you some more and then you use your your spikes in your shoes and walk your legs up now if at any time you don't properly put your foot into your spike into that pole you'll cut out and fall well this actually happened to me i fell from the top of one of those power line poles and the only thing that saved me was because there was a cross arm, which was like a beam that they put at the bottom of this of the pole. And the beam wasn't normally supposed to be there. It was just a practice pole that, that was they were teaching people how to assemble those pieces that you see at the top of the power line. But they were they built that at the bottom of the pole. So it left kind of an arm sticking out. Well, Luckily, I didn't hit that with my legs or body, but my belt got caught up around it on the way down. So I fell from the top of this 50, 60 foot pole and fell down. Now, why am I telling you the story? Well, the way that the belt was designed is counterintuitive. So the belt was made so that if as you're climbing, what happens is you have to kind of twist the belt. You, it's hard to explain, but you have to look it up if you want to, how a power lineman belt works. But you have to twist it outwards in order to shimmy it up. And when you let go of it, it tightens back up around the pole. So you, you push it out with your hands and it loosens and you, you, can, you can move it. But the moment you let go, it tightens up. So if you're falling, most people, when they fall down these poles, they'll try to hug the pole. 
if you hug that pole, it's painful because you're going to splinter yourself up. Most of those poles have cracks and juts and stuff. And not only that, but they have this special type of tar on there that is abrasive to your skin. And it can actually, you know, kind of, yeah, it's just abrasive. So it's irritating to your skin. So that would be all over your face. You probably lose your skin and all of that as you fall down the pole. So it's counterintuitive. The thing you want to do is grab the pole on your way down. You're going to want to hug it. For me, I didn't grab the pole at all. Like, I was watching the sky fall beside me. And the whole time I'm thinking, I'm falling. I'm really falling. It was like slow mo, like, and I could just feel myself falling. I'm like, whoa, I'm falling. And the crazy part about it is I'm still holding on to the belt with all my might during that time. I didn't grab the pole, but I didn't let go of my belt. See, what you have to do when you're falling with that belt on is you got to let go. You got to let go of everything. I'm talking about you got to put your arms, your hands up and just release it. And the belt will snug up against the tree. You're going to, it's going to jerk you and you're going to hit the side of the, you know, the pole and all that. But you're not going to fall anymore. That thing will hold your whole body weight and you'll just hang up there until you readjust yourself, get your gas back in and be able to either climb back down or climb up and continue. But it's so counterintuitive that it made no sense to me. I held onto that belt with all my life. And it's that same way for people when they are, you know, falling in this in this world. They want to grab a hold of everything that they know has been their way of life since they started falling. But that's not how it works. You got to let go of all of that and begin to see the world in a different way. It's 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 the only it, it's the only thing I think that's helped me. Because I know a lot of people don't believe in things like, you know, karma and stuff like this. And I've, I've been watching a lot of atheist stuff lately and they make a lot of good points. I, I will give them that. They actually do, especially when it comes to, you know, religious doctrines. And But what I'm saying is not meant to be religious. It's just it, it, it goes with the way the world is. What you put out, you get back. So if if prior to doing if prior to falling you weren't giving the best energy out to the world the best you know the best of you out to the world the best the kindness the the morality the the, the conscientiousness these things weren't part of your life when you were doing drugs out there um it's, it's best for you to start trying to build up some type of good to that 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 can return to you and Hopefully it's not just in a selfish way That you're not just being manipulative By helping so that you can get back I'm, I don't mean that um, What I mean is Genuinely Stopping to take a look at What got you where you are And realizing that it's not the way anymore So It took longer than I thought I went probably beat that horse All the way into the ground my bad horse But I just thought it was important You know And It is important That's 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 crucial That part is crucial 
So back to the the, the job and the stuff like this. These are the more t- you know tangible, I guess, parts of this journey. Is to getting a job. That's the most important. And it's really important that you be willing to just get some money in your pocket as far as jobs go. So that you can kind of alleviate that gap because it is true. Once you get a job, it's easier to find a job. So if you're out there right now, maybe you're already at the step where you got a job and you don't like it. Just keep looking. Go to Indeed and make sure you take those tests. And I'm sure that there's other sites where you can do the same thing. But so far, Indeed is the one that I know that does those soft skill tests and allows you to post them. So it might actually be your way to getting, you know, another job. I would also encourage people out there to take a trade because trade schools actually have a shorter period of time for you to actually graduate from these schools as opposed to colleges. And you'll be able to actually increase the amount of money you're making while you wait so these trade schools is is a is a possibility to help you because i know i went ahead and went to college college and i kind of regretted that because when you're thinking about the amount this is just my opinion the amount of money that you're borrowing or whatever it might be and i was in the military so that's not as big of a deal but the amount of money that you you're, that you're you're going to get from these loans as opposed to the amount of time that it would take you to finish these and begin to make money i think trade schools make more sense or or even certification courses i found out that there's there's places where you can take a three-month class and become an ethical hacker and for all of you guys out there who are hackers and stuff like that i know that there are a lot of those in the meth uh in in those you know people that use meth back in the day were really into hacking and doing this stuff i know y'all were I know for a fact y'all were. So if you enter that, there are three court. I mean, there's like three month courses that you can take at schools that will get you the certification you need in order to just start out in those fields. So certifications are another route that you can go to help yourself bounce back way quicker than you would if you were to just um, do wrong. Uh, Try to go back to the life you were leading Trying to wait to get another managerial job Because you used to be a manager back in 2000 and whatever And then drugs came So you're trying to get the same job that you used to have It just doesn't always work that way But you can bounce back quicker if you get these certs in this and, And go to maybe a trade school So That's just a few tips from me right there On Bouncing back And I would also say to remember that whenever you get the money, this is why I always tell my son, if you ever get some money, I remember when I had a lot of money in the army and just blew it from coming back from Afghanistan. And I came back and uh, this is when I came back to the you know civilian world and I just ran through the money. I ran straight through it. I don't even remember really where it went. And... I had to tell my son to remember Remember when you were broke And never want to feel that way again Once you get that money You know Even if it's a small amount Just never want to be broke again And You know I would say that that 
of course you're gonna need clothes and stuff like that um i would say that that's that's 100 legit you're gonna need clothes you're gonna need stuff like this but you know just take your time and be cool and when you're bouncing back you know kind of be okay with the you know it's, it's gonna be one of the lonelier times in life unless you have a good support system if you have a good support system uh kudos to you but it still might feel like you're alone even though you you have people around you because you're the one experiencing it and this is your journey to take but i want to say that just don't stop giving up and believing that things are gonna get better and taking the steps forward to make that belief come into existence because i'm a year like i said before i'm a year out right now and it's been months now where i've been able to not only help my you know help i've got a child that i'm able to help and i'm also able to um feed and clothe myself now and that's a great feeling it's a great feeling and I'm now I'm looking for a place. I have a car now. Even after my car was stolen and all I said, like I told you, um, I now have a vehicle. And, you know, I have stuff now. I have, I'm able to pay my bills. And, and so this whole process for me has taken about a year. So I would tell you to, to be expecting of that. But I also want you to know that that year will go by quick. So, don't think that it's it's like gonna be take oh you're that's forever. No, it's not because you're gonna be busy. And during this time, I'm also working on things that I that I have that are my dreams. I'm just being very quiet about it because this is not the time to be hindered by any outside force that desires to harm or hinder. Or squash your dreams And that's something good to remember too Just move with intention and purpose Move without needing to be celebrated Because the whole purpose is to get out of the quicksand And, and while you're in there In the quicksand The last thing you want to be doing is Waving your arms for attention And um, you know Doing a lot A lot of stuff Just because Just calmly do what you do And I just think that the attitude portion Is just the It's the biggest portion And I will say during this time I'm not gonna lie to y'all I'm gonna keep it 100 I want y'all to know Like I said this in jail I was in jail I was in SEG Using the phone through the bean shoot If you don't know what a bean shoot is It looks kind of like It's where they put your food in through the door So I'm using the phone through the bean shoot And I'm talking to uh, An old an old friend of mine Who I'm I, I, I still have love for But we're no longer You know close like that But um, I'm telling him I said man you can tell how bad You don't want to be in a situation From how hard you pray to get up out of it and he was like, yes, true. I'm, I'm, 
because I was sitting in jail at the time with people who were talking noise through the doors about, you know, what they, they didn't give a dang about this and that and that, 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 and, you know, how they was a big gangster and all this stuff. And when it came time to go to court so that they could, you know, try to fight their case or receive sentencing or whatever it was, they didn't want to go. I'm like, the only way you're going to beat this case is to go to court. You need to go to court. Why wouldn't you go to court? But see, in reality, they didn't want to, they, 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 this person I think hasn't realized yet that that lifestyle ain't really for them. Because they're praying too hard to get out of something that they knew was coming. They knew it was a possibility. And matter of fact, with the statistics of, you know, how many people get caught and how, you know, Texas uh, convicts at what percentage rate they convict at, you pretty much know what you're looking at, right? So this same person is praying hard as hell to get out of this situation. And then the opportunity comes for them to face the facts and they don't want to face it. So I also tell people to remember how how much you didn't want to be in it. Remember those days where you actually prayed and said, if you help me get out of this, then I'll do this and all that kind of stuff. Which to me is kind of, it's creepy. It's creepy. <laughs> those, those promises are creepy. Um, but I will say this. Um, just remember those times. Not because of the pact you made at that point. Because, you know, signing something under duress is not a good idea. And it, it, it's not even, probably not even binding. Uh, but... Just remember the fact of your mindset, how badly that you wanted to get out of it, that you were willing to make a pact. Remember that you wanted to get out of what you were in so badly that you were willing to make a pact with the unseen. All right. Now, even though you're at the bottom, you're going to feel like you're not out of it. Yes, you are. You're not in the chaos you were in. Being at the bottom is actually a quieter place. You're just not going to notice it. All right. You're, you're, you're not going to have stuff. You're not going to be admired. You're not going to be wanted. No, very few people might desire you. All of this kind of stuff will go on. You might not even be in the best place. Self-esteem wise, something I still work with. These things are um, part of the course, but you're, it's just because you're being stripped of everything. But you're not in what you were in. Remember that. You're actually not in that no more. If you're at the all the way at the bottom, and you're 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 actually not in it at that point. This is your opportunity to you're kind of in limbo. So you're between this and that. Alright? So you're actually already starting to take a step back. It's up to you what to do with that time. So it's just a good way to think about it. So you 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 may not be where you want to be, but it's coming. It's an opportunity. I will also say I'm looking into other things too, like freight brokering, um, and you know dispatching. These things are things people can get into that I, I believe will help people bounce back. I've, there's even something called home inspections. These things are, are, are things you might want to look into that might help you bounce back. Um, there's people that have been, you know, barbering. These are, 
the barbering I've went through those courses, so it's 1500 hours. There's a lot of hours. I think it's still the same. So there are, there are just things that you have to do or you don't have to do, but that you could do that will ease this process. I will also say that um, if you're not to the place where you have family and stuff, there are churches and things like that that provide food assistance. There are food pantries and things that you can go to. I, I've been to through those when I very first hit rock bottom and I decided I was going to be clean. There were This was actually prior Right prior to being clean I started having to go to food pantries And stuff like that And it's really a humbling experience uh, That I don't really wish on anyone But if you need to They'll have canned goods and stuff at these places And bread items and stuff like that That you can have You know when you need them Maybe even sweets A lot of these places have sweets too So they helped me you know, uh, having a, a jar of peanut butter at, at, I remember a specific jar of peanut butter I had from them guys that made my day. And that's how far I had fell, fallen. That jar of peanut butter made my day. So, um, there are ways to get help. But just remember that whatever you're doing, start to make a plan. Start to figure out who you are and what you want. And as you as you'll see as you start to get up, that you start to respect yourself more, and that other people will see the change in you as you clean up, and they'll actually start to admire it. When you've been through the fire, and you come out, you know, living. It's something for other people on the outside to actually see and go, wow, they're okay now. Like, they were just on fire. And look, they're not. They're, they're okay. And you feel like you're going to lose something. I felt like I was going to lose something by becoming more square. And it's funny because, honestly, the whole goal... Of all of this is not just to get square It's to be In the army we call it squared away Which isn't necessarily the same as being a square And square is not the worst thing you could be A loser Is pretty pretty far down there To view yourself as a loser And be seen as a loser Is way worse than being square Um, It's 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 just one of those things, man. You have to choose. I don't think you have to be a, a complete square in order to be successful. But I think you have to have some ways that are squared away. You And squared away means uh, I have everything in order. So you need order. You need some form of discipline. You need some form of, of, of get right. You have to make yourself get right. You have to sit yourself down. And that's what rock bottom is about. Rock bottom is about sitting down for a minute. Rock bottom is about taking inventory. Rock bottom is about doing a life review before you're dead. That's what rock bottom is about. Rock bottom and bouncing back, that's what that's about. There is no bounce back without rock bottom. And bounce back feels great. Bounce back is, you know, we talked earlier about the, the well, it's not the same thing, but rock bottom is a, is a, is a I mean, bounce back is a fuck you to those who didn't believe Not that they matter 
But rock bottom is also a fuck you to those things that thought that they could hold you down. Whether those things were in the form of a person or a thing. <laughs> or an atmosphere. Or a city. Or a town. Or, or, or a group of people. Whatever it might be. It's an F you to those people. And those things. That you can survive. That you can bounce back. That you are better than the things that you got through. It's even an F you to your own mindset. Your negative mindset. It's a time for clarity. So, with that said, we did go almost to the time. But, that's kind of some of the things I've learned from bouncing back. And, just be patient. It's coming. Just keep your head to the grindstone. And, oh, save some money. Make sure you save something, okay? Because nothing feels better than having a little bit to the side in the case of emergency. Make yourself feel safe again because we spend a lot of time out there not feeling safe. I know I did. And this is also a time for you to build your comfort and safety level. So I encourage everybody out there, please listen to Dave Ramsey's show, the Dave Ramsey show. And there's actually a black guy that's on the show with him. I can't think of it. His name's O'Neal, uh, Anthony O'Neal. And so either way, Anthony O'Neal has a show that's very similar to the Dave Ramsey show because Dave, he's Dave Ramsey's protege. But some people prefer their information from someone who looks like them. So if you prefer it for someone who looks like you, Anthony O'Neal. If you don't care where you get it from, get it from either one, him or Dave Ramsey. And kind of just listen to what he has to say about finances and stuff like that. And this is where I'm trying to get. I'm not all the way there. I'm just telling you the steps I'm going through right now. Um, I hope y'all all wish me luck as I look for a new place. And also, oh, remember this too if you have kids. Because we have about two minutes left. minute and a half. If you have kids... And you went through all of this, these things. If something like mine or worse than mine, um, my situation with drugs, and now you're at rock bottom. Remember this: our children might be affected by the lives we've lived. Most likely, they have their minds, their focus levels might be less. The way they think about life may be less. Right? This is our time to use them as a way to view our future. Right Because we're not the finish line Our lives aren't the finish line Theirs are Our goals are to make them ready To reach the finish lines that they have They're going to need safety nets Because they're going to make mistakes Remember you made mistakes Your children are going to make mistakes So I'm learning right now That my best hope for my child Is not just in him But I, I need to be his safety blanket Right Because I'm at family's house right now Right, so I, I was given a safety blanket in some sorts. Right, I pay all my bills and all that stuff on my own, but I have a place to go because someone helped me. You're gonna have to be that for your child one day. Chances are, the chances are very high. So that's a great motivation to bounce back because you need to be there for your child. So 
with all that said, I'd like to wish everyone out here peace and paper. Goodbye.